Hey, this is Mike Zwick from If Not For God podcast. Our show, Stories of Hopelessness Turned Into Hope. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening and for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Coming to you from an entrenched barricade deep in the heart of Central North Carolina. Masculine Journey After Hours. A time to go deeper and be more transparent on the topic covered on this week's broadcast. So sit back and join us on this adventure. The Masculine Journey After Hours starts here, now. Welcome to Masculine Journey After Hours, and we are excited that you're with us. We're only about, uh, what is it, a week away? Uh, Six days, five days away from boot camp, and so... Very excited. It's, it's, it's past Andy's bedtime. It is past Andy's bedtime. <laughs> you know, I tried to get Danny to flip you, like I would flip you if I sat next to you, but Danny wouldn't do it. He just kind of looked at me. Yeah, I know. But he, by the time you get out of the chair, you could be through the door. He would catch you eventually. But so I guess this is your method of fathering me, right? <laughs> it, it is a method. <laughs> I don't say it's preferred, but it is. I'll, a method. I'll agree with that. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so yes, yeah, so we, we ended up uh, finishing up uh, the regular show talking about who we are in God, and and I think that's important to understand that we're brothers and sisters in Christ, and th- this is our identity. It's the truest thing about us. You know, it doesn't matter how bad we screw up. That's not our identity. You know, you're you're not a doctor, you're not a lawyer, you're not a janitor. You're a brother or sister in Christ, and that becomes your true identity. And so I, I kind of wanted to open up with this next clip. Uh, you, if you come out to the boot camp, you'll see this clip, and it, it's a trailer from Robin Hood. And the, the uh, older man, uh, help me out, Andy, because you've done this. <laughs> I can't think of his name. Uh, it's basically explaining to Robin who he is mm-hmm. and who his legacy of his father is. Thanks for the yeah, input. No, go ahead. I, I, I don't. I don't. I just, it's the trailer, so I'm not. Yeah, sure yeah I, I can't I remember is. the guy's name either. Yeah. <laughs> but some, he's a sage in his life. There, there you go. He's a famous actor, so we'll just play that. <laughs> and, and Russell Crowe's in it. There so you. we'll go ahead and play the thing. I think I have much to tell you about history, about your history. Your father was a visionary. What did he see? That kings have a need of their subjects. A dangerous idea. Rise and rise again until lambs become lions. My father died for this. What does it mean? It means never give up. A king does not bargain for the loyalty that every subject owes him. In the name of King John, pay or burn. The laws of this land enslave people to its king. A king who offers nothing in return. Robin Longstride, also known as Robin of the Hood. For the crimes of incitement to cause unrest, I declare him to be an outlaw! Robin, your father was a great man. You are your father's son. Are you ready to be who you are? Yes. What we ask for is liberty. Liberty by law. Rise 
lions become lions. So, so we listen to that. He says, you are your father's son. Mm-hmm. And, and I, one of the things we were talking about uh, between the breaks was that um, the legacy that we leave behind. And it, it's not just being fathered by God, but fathering those around us. Uh, basically in the name of God, if you will, right? We we find ourselves, I was sharing a story of uh, what was going on today. Um, I've got a beat-up old Jeep truck that uh, I've had forever. And uh, I, I kind of laugh. Uh, I, this was one of my first purchases out of college. It's uh, uh, it's thirty plus years old, so I'm, I'm now aging myself. Should <laughs> tell you how old I've got, but I, I laughed when I bought the truck because I had a friend who told me, "Jim, why didn't you buy what you want? You're going to have this truck forever." And I laughed at them, right? And, and what I didn't realize is what he saw in me at the time growing up. Um, yeah, I was one of those problem children that were racing on the streets. You know, um, we had nothing better to do but play with our cars. And I, you know, I was fathered not by my dad. My dad had no clue what I was doing half the time. But I was usually fathered in those early years by my friends' mm-hmm. fathers. You know, uh, we had a I had a friend named Troy, and his dad. You know, basically help us tear down a, a 302 Ford engine for his Mustang and put it all back together. And, you know, and you learn things along the way. So here I am now with my beat up old Jeep that's, you know, uh, and I'm laughing because it's, it's recently gone a heart transplant. Uh, my youngest uh, son has uh, placed a uh, V8. <laughs> <laughs> a Chevy V8. We'll just put it that way into this into this engine bay, but he didn't get things completed all the way, and, and because I had been fathered by you know being, uh, Troy's dad, I knew things were missing, and I'm basically cleaning up the rest of this build, if you will. Well, what was interesting today was that my oldest son. And I'm like you, Sam. You know, I, I've got a couple kids from a uh, uh, my first marriage, which I I fully admit I completely screwed them up. <laughs> and so I've got these two boys for my second marriage, and, and I love them dearly. I you know um, I don't even want to call them stepsons because to me they are sons. And so, you know, our oldest is in the house and, you know, through some serious tragedy in his life, um, he's come to him and his daughter have come to live with us for a period of time until he can get his schedule worked out, so on and so forth. So not only am I fathering him because he brings his truck in, he's got a Jeep Cherokee, he's you know, adding all sorts of parts too and stuff. And we discovered just because it says it does a certain thing online doesn't mean it's going to work right. And so it was funny because we were having uh, fun with it because I told him it, it didn't sound right. And then about three hours later, he's looking at me with my uh, dash tore apart and he looks at me and says, it doesn't sound right. <laughs> so coming out of my dash. So. But God gives us the opportunity to pass that on, 
to father those around us and not just be fathered, but to father those around us. And I'm finding my opportunity to father my granddaughter. Um, she's four. She just turned four this week. And she is a handful. <laughs> but in that, I can see, you know, I can love her well and let her know that, you know, God loves her, you know, that her daddy loves her. And that way she doesn't see God as this person with this baseball bat, if you will. I think a lot of times when God uses you to father people, you obviously don't hear it as, hey, I'm going to go father that guy. What you hear is, I'm going to go help that guy. I know how to do that. He doesn't really know how to do that. I'm going to show him what I know. You know, I mean, I know this amount of it, right? But in the day, in, at the end of the day, that's still fathering. Right, you're helping them grow in an area that they didn't know how to to to, to do it. Andy, Andy, I looked at Danny and said, "Andy, it's Danny? a haircut, isn't it? It is. It is. It's it's a it's a it's a similar way you wear your hair." Yeah, I've been chewing on John fourteen. I know I'm the one breaking the scripture thing here. So. Yeah, you are. But uh, John fourteen verse nine, where Jesus they've asked him to show show us the Father. And Jesus, a little frustrated, says, He who has seen me has seen the Father. And that's kind of become a prayer of mine, is, Lord, let him see you in me. Because that's ultimately what we were talking about, your glory that you're shining back. And when I think about that, I think about my dad. And my dad, he, his birthday's coming up. And uh, he's uh, be 78. Wow. And he... A master with cars. You know, Harold could be your dad. Yeah, could be. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, so, actually older than his dad. Yeah. Okay, sir. But he, you know, he taught us about cars and about so because that was that was one of his passions. Yeah. But dad was not a openly emotional guy. So the enemy snuck in somewhere along in my childhood, and and you know, dad was at all the ball games. Dad was at the practices, and I was not a star athlete. I made a joke last week with some guys that the reason I like golf is because nobody's throwing the ball at me and nobody's trying to tackle me because they got it. You know, mm-hmm. I like that. But wasn't an athlete, but Dad was there. And so him pouring into me, but somewhere I lost a connection in there. But just recently, when I picked up the book Fathered by God by John Eldridge, it just kind of lit me up. And, and a friend of mine challenged me to write a letter to my dad. So... Last Father's Day, I think it was, right before you played that clip. Um, I think before I met you guys. Um, the, uh, but I wrote a letter to Dad. But what in that process, I realized the sacrifices that he had made mm-hmm. that were, were unspoken. And, and the, the fact that when Dad is present, I feel secure, even now. And and to reflect that with, with with your relationship with God, when dad dad's always present, there should be some security in that. And if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So those kind of reflections is kind of how I see this. And with my own kids, I have a I don't call him a stepson. He's he's not my biological son, but if you meet him, you know he's been around me a lot because we carry on a lot of stuff. But and I have a daughter, and. Yeah, the enemy tried to convince us as as parents that we were just awful parents because we'd been divorced twice, both sides, you know, and the trauma of all that. 
But then we realized that, you know what, life kind of takes things over sometimes. Mm-hmm. And they survived, and they're, they're pretty good kids. My daughter sent me a text today to put on my calendar for August 2022. She will be known as Dr. Oh, She'll awesome. have her doctorate, yeah. So, awesome. You know, I don't know where she got that from. Cause, I'm and, still thinking, too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, and to defend my southern heritage, yeah, we use the term, we don't use the term father very much. No. Use daddy, which yeah. the scripture says, we cry Abba, father, which is a term of endearment, which means daddy. So. And they ate the last supper, not the last dinner for all of y'all who like that one. So That's a good point. Good point. Yeah, one of the things for me, I'm realizing that I am growing in oh, no. <clears throat> trusting God as Father is I've had some situations over the last few weeks that just normally would send me into a worry tailspin. Right? I was at work and pulled over a curb and didn't see this little grate sticking up and pulled about half the front of my car off. You know, and normally that would have freaked me out because right now I didn't have the funds to go get it fixed. And I just, I was like, eh, I guess it happened. You know, and I went home and found that you can gorilla glue a lot of stuff together <laughs> and it'll hold for a period of time. It's still holding. It looks brand new. You know, I'll get it fixed when I get the money. But I didn't worry and I didn't stress. Mm-hmm. That same day I thought I lost my glasses that I just got new mm-hmm. back in September. And normally I would be tearing everything apart, you know, and, and I did look and I couldn't mm-hmm. find them. And I, I just said, well, you know what? I got an old pair of glasses. I'll just wear them. It won't be great, but I'll get through mm-hmm. until I can get another pair. You know, and those happened to show up. I found them. They slid in a part of my car I couldn't find. Mm-hmm. Um, a few days ago, the air conditioner wasn't working. And every year that's that's the story of my house. My air conditioner doesn't work upstairs. And, you know, normally it's quite expensive because it's an old air conditioner I'm kind of uh, milking along because mm-hmm. I don't have, you know, $7,000 for a new system. And so I had to have somebody come out and look at it. And, I, and normally, honestly, I wouldn't have slept the night before mm-hmm. worried that it's going to be more than I can afford to do right now. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you know what? God, you got it. You know, I'm not real too worried about it. And the guy came out and it was a $120 repair. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was just like... It could have been 600 It would have been okay. Yeah. You know, I would have figured out how to do it. But it was more just the this this feeling of finally in my life I'm feeling like, God, I know you're there and you got my back. And I don't know how it's going to turn out, and it may be quite expensive. But I know either way we're going to get on the other side of it. Yeah. right? And But the enemy would have twisted and turned those things. I wouldn't have slept for a week. Yeah. You know, I would have been stressed out. I would have been probably pretty crappy to my son. You know, because I had been stressed out. You know, all the things that would have been side things of that were gone because I said, okay, I got a a father I can trust in. Doesn't mean it's going to work out the way I want it to, but it's going to be okay. Andy, you got anything? You got got the microphone in front of you. I think thought Jim was going to ask a question. He pushed it in front of my face. Well, I'm going to ask you a question then. (laughs) When When has God brought somebody in your life to father you? A specific uh, example, no general. Well, lots of times, good. You know, no specific example. If you can't think of one, well, thanks for the heads up on that. So, yeah, we talked about uh, it. At the I, break, my my so. mind was totally different. I was kind of tracking with you, though. I will say this before I get into that is just the fact that there were a lot of times in my life where it just seemed like I was always running from the one crisis to the other. And it was like, oh, we're here again. And I would wake up in the middle of the night just worried about stuff. You know, and just worried that if I did I have what it took 
to provide for that need, to fix that problem, to keep us, to stay employed, you know, to stay married, to mm-hmm. whatever it is. And, uh, you know, it, it, through the sonship is where I've gotten that grounded confidence in God that, you know, it, like you said, it may not work out the way I think it will, will work out. But when you talk, when you walk through the Psalms and you talk through, walk through the Gospels, it's constantly trust God, trust God, trust God, and and that's not the normal Christian experience a lot in a lot of uh, people's lives, particularly mine. So, but as far as bringing people into my life to father me, so you know, there's a lot of things that I still um, don't feel like the day to day. I'm not a mechanic. I'm the, I, I do well in technology, but I've got my limits in construction and and whatever it may be, but. Uh, but there are things that I do have skills for, and that's a form of fathering. But as far as what it took to become a man who's confident, where I feel like I have strength, that you have told the story about my new name, I feel like God had given me my original name was Andrew, um, meaning strength. But as far as individual, I'm, I'm not going to try to be um, too nebulous and not specific. But everybody on this team, in some form or the other, has fathered me through the words that they said, either on this radio show, at boot camp, through a text, you know, and that's the way God does it. A band of brothers is key to being fathered, mm-hmm. and and I just have that. And I, and I praise you guys every time we're, we do these type of shows to talk about how you get fathered, but, uh, you know, it would be... It be it would be um, dishonoring to God, in my opinion, because he put you guys in my life. Mm-hmm. I know that I fathered you and teaching you not to sit next to me because yeah. <laughs> I would probably flip you someplace yeah, and will irritate yeah. you, right? And so that was just a, a yeah, neat little fathering moment. Yeah, I appreciate you and I. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well. yeah, I can only imagine what your kids are like, Sam. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. why. That's why every time I see them, they are hitting you and smacking you and doing something. Yeah, it was a lot more fun when they weren't bigger than me. Yeah, <laughs> they, they're, and, they're, and they're much bigger too. <laughs> they're much, much bigger than me. And yeah. Yeah, Eli could just overpower me if he really wanted to. Yeah, yeah it would be ugly. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I wouldn't even pretend. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, what you guys are talking about a lot is, hey, I had this father in my life. I had somebody, whether it was mine or somebody else's, this guy took interest in me. One of the things for me, I've, I don't really have that story of, hey, I spent a lot of time with this man who was my father. My dad, you know... We didn't have any real serious heart-to-heart talks. He was not a uh, Christian. He was a very – he was a good man. He did a lot of things for those around him, but he also was pretty selfish in a lot of the things that he did and didn't have time at certain times when I really needed him, but yet was not completely absent either. So it's a squishy-washy kind of in and out. And where I kind of learned it was by observation – so I would see something in maybe somebody else. And a couple of coaches when I was in high school, because those are kind of your most, I'd say, years where you can be molded and shaped mm-hmm. and you can go different ways. But my JV basketball coach, who was also my science and math teacher, was just very steady and consistent. And so during basketball, you know, he, he was always on us to do the right thing all the time. He didn't let us get by with anything. Boy, when I went up to varsity, it was so lax. I'm like, no wonder. We don't have any discipline on this team, you know. Fortunately, 
you know, the team. So, so the, the grade I was in when we all got there together as a senior was like, okay, we were we were better together because we also had as a JV team as a freshman. He was a, he was the JV and freshman football coach, so I got to know him real well. He also coached wrestling and he was the PE teacher, so I got to you know interact with him a lot. But he again was another man who was just not going to let you get by with anything. Mm-hmm. He was going to, he was hold, holding people accountable, and you know we we had so many jokes about him because he would be like you know if you if you screwed off or did something give me five jerk you know he'd like, get down there we'd always make fun of his voice and stuff because he would he, but he, but these were guys that were. Very serious about what they did, and weren't going to just let people get by with things. And you can see, I could watch so many other men just let mm-hmm. people walk over them or look the other way with things, and just let things go. And I, I always looked at these two men as men that were upstanding. And what was great about the J, about the football coach was we were really good as a freshman team, as a JV team, and then we had a couple really bad coaches. That came in. So the time I was every single year that I was in school, we had a different varsity coach, and then our freshman coach got to be our seat when we were seniors. Got to be our coach. We loved it, man, because he he held us accountable. He made us good again because we we like mm-hmm. we kind of really fell off, and we had a very talented, a more talented team when I was a junior than probably did when I was a senior, and we had you know way more success when we were seniors. Mm-hmm. And it was because of leadership, because he was somebody who was going to, yeah. And it was that he took time to let you know where you should be and what you should be doing and what your role was and things. And it was just, it was just different than what most guys were doing. You could tell when somebody loves you and cares about you versus somebody who's just there. Right. And, and, and Sam, I, w- I want to thank the coaches and the teachers out there, you know, uh, no, one of the things when I was putting together my collage, if you will, for the talk uh, uh, at the camp was I I was kind of shocked how many teachers mm-hmm. ended up in there that you know took time, you know, to point me in the right direction. You know, we, as young men, you know, I was I was all over the map. I could have found myself. Mm-hmm in jail a, a billion times you know i i often tell my wife that it's a miracle i made it out of high school alive i mean <laughs> i have lived a rich life let's just say um but the teachers and the coaches are often you know the front line and they're taking their time to father these kids i know for me personally you know, probably one of the biggest father figures I had was a swim coach. And he, he would take time and he would laugh, you know, uh, at some of my stories. Uh, uh, I was telling the, you know, I had just recently was in a automobile accident. Um, and I laughed at him because he's having me recreate this event. And I says, you know, I'm telling him about it. I says, and when the car landed, and he burst out laughing at me. I I didn't realize what had actually come out of my mouth. And he goes, when the car landed, Jim, what were you doing off the ground anyway? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's those teachable moments mm-hmm. that, you know, and, and I just want to take time to thank the coaches and the teachers out there for the time they do spend, the time they care about the kids. For, for me, one of the things early on in my career – 
in construction. I had no desire to get into construction. I hated that type of stuff, and I had to eat. And so I, I got into it temporarily till I could find a real job, and I've been doing it now for 35 years. You know, um, But one of the p- reasons why I've been in it for so long is a guy didn't invest a whole lot of time in, in, in with me, but when he had time, what he told me was really good. You know, and you know, part of it was he wanted to go away from the job site and go see his girlfriend, you know, but so he wanted me to run the job site. So he was imparting wisdom just out of necessity. But still, one of the things that he told me, he said, look, you're going to make mistakes in your decisions. You're going to have to make decisions every day. You're going to make mistakes, right? But the worst thing you can do in construction is not make a decision because the job comes to a halt. Don't make a $10,000 mistake. Make a $200 mistake. But I promise you, you're going to get more right than you ever do wrong, and you'll learn from the wrong, and you won't do it again. And it was so incredibly freeing, and I still run into situations 35 years in the industry that I've never ran into before. And I look at it and say, is this a you know, $200 decision, a $10,000 decision? You know, what do I need to do? Right? Do I need to get more information? Or I just make a judgment call, and then if I'm wrong, I'll just fix it. The good thing about construction, it can be redone. Right, and so it can be costly, but you know, I that was very freeing for me, and it's really helped me throughout my career. And it's one of the things I've tried to pass on as I've done training with the, with the, the people I've done training with is to say, look, don't let it intimidate you. You're never going to have all the answers, right? You're going to run into a new situation all the time, right? But just make a good decision and move forward and keep going. Right? And so for me, that was a big one. One of the one of the most influential guys in my life, other than my dad, would be a guy I met about 19 years ago, and some of you guys met him at the boot camp we came to with Jim Vitti. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was somewhat between a father and an older brother that I'd never had. <laughs> and I met him at, at Sunset Avenue where we used to go and don't see him a lot or talk to him a lot now since we relocated but he poured into me in so many different ways, and he was kind of the, the guy who had all the wonderful construction tools and skills and and those kind of things. And he kidnapped me a couple times and took me to mission events and stuff like that and made me stretch a little bit. So, you know, I, I'm grateful. I don't know whether he listens or not, but I'm grateful for him. So. A couple things I'd like for you to do this week as, you, as you've been listening to the show is Go out and ask God, God, open my eyes to the people that you've brought into my life to father me. The other thing we didn't really get into is the times that God's intimately stepped in and fathers, and we all got stories of that. Mm -hmm. But also ask him, God, when have you stepped in and fathered me? When did I have calmness when I shouldn't have had? When did I know that everything was going to be okay? Those are the times God said, you know, I got you. Right, and spend time with him and ask him to unveil those things to you. And then register for the boot camp because he's going to tell you a whole bunch more there. MasculineJourney.org. Register now. Talk to you next week. This is the Truth Network.